Welcome to Under the Lid, a podcast where we discuss skill development, mental skills, performance, and coaching. I'm Tom Scolle, and I'm the founder of Cricket Mentoring, and my co-hosts are former Australian Test cricketer, now professional coach Chris Bucky Rogers, and Charlie Burke, who has previously been the director of cricket and head coach of Hong Kong, and a coach and talent specialist for Queensland cricket. The three of us are great mates and regularly talk and share ideas about what we're learning to continue to better ourselves. This podcast aims to give you an insight into some of the conversations we have and hopefully answer some questions and issues that we're continually seeing or hearing. So let's get under the lid. G'day legends. I hope as you listen to this podcast that you're safe and well. It's been a very challenging time for the whole world over the past couple of months and the coronavirus has impacted everyone differently. We're extremely lucky and grateful that things seem to be contained well here in Australia and life is slowly going back to normality. I hope our podcasts have been giving you some value during these unique times. In our last episode, we shared a few of our thoughts and ideas on game day mindset and what and how to think on game day. In today's episode, we're going to dive even deeper into this and discuss how to mentally get into the contest. We share some thoughts and stories from our experiences of what we think you should or shouldn't be focusing on each and every ball to give you the best chance of winning the contest. This is a really interesting topic that we've been spending a fair bit of time recently learning more about, so I hope you enjoy it and learn something from it. Hello, Buck. Hello, Berkey. Hello, guys. Good to see you. Buck, Skulls, good to see you. Skulls, horrible jumper you're wearing uh, today, but uh, fond memories from the AFL Grand Final a couple of years ago. Well, for you guys listening, you obviously don't have the pleasure of seeing us. I'm wearing a Collingwood football jumper, one of my prized possessions, and Berkey's an avid West Coast Eagles fan, so there's a bit of clashing in this uh, podcast group. What about when you uh, got up at 5am this week to do your your half marathon, just for a a few shits and giggles? (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? And uh, half the comments were about your top. Yeah, well, I was wearing this Collingwood Guernsey, and it made me run faster, I think, and a lot of people were either loving it or hating it, weren't they, Berkey? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's not it's not the first time I've seen someone running in a Collingwood jacket <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> uh, well, that, that brings us into this, this week's episode. Well, enough about footy. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get in the contest. In our last episode, we discussed uh, mindset for game day and how you can focus your thoughts on game day. But we're going to go a little bit deeper into what it is you can do, what are the practical things you can do to get into the contest. What do we think about this, boys? Yeah, look, I think it's an excellent topic, but it really came up from um, the the video you were doing with Josh Phillippe uh, in this last fortnight, and uh, just a couple of things really stood out to me, and it was it was how he kind of focused on his cues leading into the ball and, and allowed himself to just get into the the contest, as you say. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to have to say about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Echo what Bucky's saying there, but I think also be interesting to to listen to you two, particularly two guys that have played at, at a very much higher level than I have, but also I think a lot of players overcomplicate it too. So it'd be really interesting to hear what, what you guys have to say around the topic. And and for those listeners, probably the younger listeners who might not want know what a cue is, it's just about what you're focusing on and, and what you're putting your attention on. So that can hopefully help you understand as we talk about cues throughout the conversation. So Skulls, there was this moment when you were working with, um, Flip, Josh Philippi, and, and you asked him, what's he thinking about? What are the cues 
he's thinking about as the ball is as the bowler is letting the ball go and and he pretty much said nothing he was just thinking about um playing the delivery i think that took you by surprise didn't it what where did you go from there yep so it was it was really fascinating i i ask a lot of my other podcast guests i'm always fascinated to hear what the best players and josh being one of the game's best young players in the world i think what they're thinking about what they're focusing on because that i think gives us a, us other players and younger players an idea what they can think about and focus on. And Josh spoke about getting his internal cues, his body cues, right? His head in the right position, his hands in the right position. And then he said when he steps back and across for his trigger and he taps his bat, he's just trying to watch the ball and focus. But boys, watching the ball is a pretty complicated thing and, and it's not a simple thing, is it? Yeah, I think you had a, a pretty good story about or you read about Jack Callis with that. Yeah, yeah. So... Paddy Upton, who is a sort of a world-renowned coach, he, uh, he coached the Rajasthan Royals in the IPL. He did some coaching with India and South Africa. He shared a story on the Player's Voice, um, a website that sort of shares people's um, life stories, I suppose. And I found it really fascinating. I read it a few years ago, and, I, and when we were thought, sort of planning for this episode, I thought this was a really interesting topic that I could share about. And he spoke about how he sat with Jack Callis, one of the best batters of the modern era, one of the best batters era ever, and it took him eight hours to fully understand what watching the ball means. And to what he means by that is when you're distracted, when your mind is distracted by other thoughts, you can't fully watch the ball and allow your brain and your body to do what it needs to do. And I found that fascinating. So it's about trying to eliminate the thoughts and just really focus on the ball and let your body and your subconscious mind react. Yeah. And even the language, watch the ball. I mean, it's, it's not like you can put your pupils on the ball. And I know I've kind of haven't really liked the, the, the language previously because I, I thought, you know, I played for 20 years and, and how many thousands of balls I, I faced. And I never didn't watch the ball. I was always watching the ball. It was probably just uh, about being distracted. So, you know, from memory, I can, particularly when I was younger, you know, the bowler is about to let the ball go and, and I think I'd be in a good mindset and all of a sudden this horrible thought would come into my mind, like whip this one over the top of square leg um, and, and then I'd make a mistake. So for me, it's about about narrowing your thoughts so you can focus on exactly what, what you want to and, yeah, we'll, we'll go deeper into that. It's, fun, it's funny the watching the ball one because oh, I'm guilty of it from a coaching point of view where we'll say comments like that, you know, we'll be in a net... net session scenario and you know a young kid will play an awful shot or, or you know a bowler will nick a bat off or whatever it is and it's it's almost habit isn't it where people say you know come on watch the ball and I think I think a lot of the time from a coaching point of view we don't actually mean the physical side of watching the ball it's more about you know are you focused you know what are you doing you're wasting this net time it's things like that so I think it is really interesting but I, I yeah I'm guilty of that habit absolutely Mate, and that's and that goes back to what Flip was working on. It was it was actually when he was focusing his thoughts. So he was focusing more when the bowler was at the top of his mark, so he could get all the the things, uh, all the cues in terms of his internal cues right. So then he could just externalize and and think about the ball or the or where he was going to hit it. So. I heard a pretty good thing um, about baseball. They did a, a bit of research in baseball and they, they, they got three groups. One that was coming back from knee injury, uh, a group of novices, so, you know, players who were learning and then some, some experts. And 
what they do, they, they get them all to hit against a, a machine, a bit like a bowling machine. And while the, the, the player was swinging, they'd ring a bell. And at that stage, then they'd be asked a question about where were certain parts of their body? Where was their knee? Where was their hands? Or where was the ball? And interestingly enough, the baseball, the, the guys with the knee injury, it was something like 90% of the time they got it right where their knee was when the bell was rung. But they, they weren't so good at the others. And then the, the novices knew a lot where their, their knee was and where their hands were, but they had no idea where the ball was. And actually, the ex- experts didn't really know where their, their knee was or their hands were. They just knew where the ball was. So it kind of comes down to what are you focusing right at that moment? And, and have you got your thoughts in order, almost like your checklist, so that you can um, react? And, and I guess it comes back down to watching Virat Kohli in South Africa a few years back and there he was like on a, on a green top and before the, the ball, when the ball was at the top of his mark, he was there with his, just trying to get his chin next to his front shoulder. You could almost see it going around in circles just so he could get into a good position where he could then react and play however he wanted. Skulls, when, when you've been at the top of your game, when you feel like you know, no bowler can get you out and in that sort of headspace, do, do these sort of cues, do they play on your mind at all or, or are you just playing with freedom? I just want to take a quick break to let you know about our brand new online program that we've just released at Cricket Mentoring. Behind the Grill with Josh Philippi is an amazing insight into one of the most exciting young cricketers in the world right now. If you've ever wanted to get inside the mind and game of an elite player to see how they go about things, then this is your opportunity. Philippi has been tipped by Shane Warne and Steve Smith as the next big thing in Australian cricket. And in this seven part video series, he shares everything about his game, including his technique, game plans, mindset, preparation, and a whole lot more. Head to cricketmentoring.com and click on the online programs tab in the menu to purchase this program and start learning how the best in the world go about their game. Now back to this episode. Now, I think when you're at the top of your game, you're trusting yourself immensely. You're not second guessing yourself. And you that allows you to play with complete and utter freedom and they're not front of mind they might pop in every now and again you might remind yourself every now and again but if you hear the best players talk about when they've done well they often talk about oh I don't even remember what happened or the flow state is when you're not really thinking it's when you're just doing and just sort of being incredibly in the moment and I think when we consciously overthink things and we certainly when we consciously internalize and we think about our head and our hands and stuff as the bowler's letting go of the ball, that's when the mistakes happen. So I think the goal is ultimately to get into the flow state, the zone where you're not thinking, but you don't do that very often. And so then it is what Josh was talking about, where you've set yourself up internally. And then as the bowler's getting closer, and this is something you used to do, Buck, I'd love to hear more about your personal routine, how you really narrow your thoughts to just one thought and just reacting. Yeah, even what you said there about not thinking, it, that's a really interesting concept, isn't it? Because if I asked you to get up and go to the fridge and get yourself a drink, you, you would just do it subconsciously, wouldn't you? You wouldn't think about it. You'd just go and, and, and get it. So it's almost trying to get yourself to bat like that, where, where your subconscious just takes over, over. The way I did it was when, when the bowler was at the top of his mark, I would think about my bubble. So I imagine sitting in the middle of a bubble and I wanted to get... Um, my checklist done there so I was in the perfect position to react any way I could and so I would think I'd say to myself feet and head feet and head and I would say that a couple of times just try to get myself in the into the right position and then as he as the ball was running in then I would say 
let it come in, let it come in. And it was all about the contest then. You can say whatever. You'd see a lot of guys say, um, watch the ball. I know when you, you look at Ricky Ponting, when he batted, he would just say, you could see him mouth, watch the ball. So whatever it is, but you, you've done your checklist and then you're getting into the contest and you're focusing on what you have to do. And you bring up Ricky Ponting there. You sort of shared a story with us a little while ago about something that Ponting shared on a masterclass video that you were shown recently. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a really interesting cue. He, he, would, he would imagine an A4 piece of paper riding a good length just outside off stump. And, and he would kind of be looking at that. He'd be visualising that piece of paper there. And if it bounced short of that, he'd be looking to cut or pull it. But if it pitched, and if it pitched full of that, he'd be looking to drive. But if it pitched on, then he would defend. Just a really simple way to go about it, but it it was excellent in terms of getting him into the contest. So the other one I really like was um, the story about Matthew Hayden. You know, when he was at his peak, he would be calling the shots he was playing. You know, he'd, as he was hitting the cover drive, he'd be yelling out, cover drive, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And actually, if you think about that, that's just all that he's doing is getting you into the contest. You're not thinking about, oh, where my hands are, where my, my, my shoulder is, where my head is. All you're thinking about is executing. Yeah, I, I reckon, and the and the better players, they do they do it. It comes um, so organically as well. Like it's not like when you're saying about um, letting the ball come into you and these sort of cues that you've got going on. I, I reckon you've reflected on that because now you're into coaching and you've had these conversations, particularly with a lot of younger cricketers. My my only concern with this stuff, and probably seen a little bit on the on the fence with the conversation we're having, is that. I reckon there's a lot of young cricketers that overplay this stuff. You know, I'm fortunate to sort of coach cricket, but I'm also involved in Australian rules football at the moment. And I was speaking to a young kid the other day that is a full forward and has a lot of issues with his goal kicking. And I talked to him about, I reckon the best players have good routines that ends up helping them have cues that are organic. Does that make sense? Yep. I just think from, and from a cricket perspective, young Ruben Berger, who played in the, Queensland under-15s a couple of years ago. He's an excellent keeper and he works so hard on his game. And I remember he came to me about, just felt that his game was a little bit inconsistent from time to time. And I talked to him a lot about having his routines, particularly in, in between balls and, and, and even prior to a game, having a routine. Don't, don't follow the other players just because that's what you have to do. You need to have your own routines as well. And I think that massively helps you with your cues and getting your mindset right. Skull said something before when I asked him about, you know, when he's at the top of his game, what did he have? And he was, you were talking about not having it in the forefront of your mind, although it's still there, but it's not your focus. It's not right at the forefront of your mind. And I think, geez, that's easier said than done, but I think that's the challenge. Yeah. So when I work with my athletes, I try and teach them or encourage them to have a physical routine that leads into a mental routine. And that sort of is like what Josh does, where you think about your two or three checklist items, I suppose, in your setup that you can control before the bowlers sort of letting go of the ball and as they're starting their run up and running in. And then from the physical routine, you move to the mental routine and, and that could be internal to external. And for me, it was, I would say to myself when I was at the top of my game, I'd just say game on. That was like a trigger. And then I'd say, win this ball, win this ball, win this ball. And that's all I'd focus on, trying to win that contest. And I know people say, Bucky, you said, let it come. People say, where's the ball? Watch the ball. There's all these different things that's external. But if you hold on to the internal or the physical for too long, and 
the bowl is letting go of the ball and you're still thinking about your head or your hands or your feet, your processing is going to be slow. Your, your, your decision-making is going to be slow. So I think it, what you're saying there, Burke, is spot on. It's just about having physical routine that can and practicing it, practicing your physical into your mental. So yeah. I've got – sorry, Bucky, can I just ask you two quick things here? So with your, with your checklist, how you're calling it there, Skulls, I suppose I'm calling it routines, but your checklist, can you train for that? is one question. So when you're in the nets and you've got four bowlers, five bowlers sometimes in the nets and so much activity going on, there's guys over there having nicks, there's parents sitting behind the nets. But that's, that's a normal training session in reality, right? Can, can you train for this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the things we have uh, with nets, one of the problems we have with nets is when you're batting, you literally you, you hit a ball, you play the ball, you go and pick it up, you throw it back and you go back in your stance and, and go again. Right, and and it all happens in fast forward. Whereas in a game, you go through this kind of cycle. You know, you you have your post ball routine, you switch off your pre ball routine, you play a shot, that kind of stuff, and it goes again. So, actually, how can you practice that a little bit in the in the nets? And and one of the things I've asked some players I've worked with to do is is actually just put a a cross, like scrape a cross down if they're playing on a grass wicket you know, or even just go and mark something, maybe that's kind of towards fine leg where they have to turn their back on the bowler a little bit and they take a few steps and they go through a process, they come back and they try and get themselves through their, that routine again where they can go through all those those mental cues that they need to. So, yeah, I think it's a it's one of those things we, we don't really practice. And for me, this all comes down to what's what's the purpose? Like, what's the, the goal? And that is to win the contest. You're trying to win the contest between bat and ball. So you try and do all the things to get yourself set up that you can then focus on winning the contest. It's like a bowler. Sometimes I hear bowlers, they talk about, oh, you know, like I, I feel really good, you know, my, my, my alignment's good, my shoulder's coming in the right position, my arm's coming over, but they never get anyone out. And they're not actually thinking about how am I going to get that batsman out the bloke 22 yards away from me and it's the same as a, as a batsman you just got to be thinking okay how am I going to beat that that bloke 22 yards away from me that's that's very interesting and, and just to t- go back to the Berkey's question how I do it I'm generally working one-on-one with my athletes in a confined indoor net and so you don't have the, the space to walk away too far but I always say step away and like you mentioned your bubble buck and you want when you're in your bubble in the middle I sort of make them visualise a bubble is like their little office, their little work zone, and they've got to step out of that every ball. They've got to get out of it, relax, and then when they come back in, they can refocus or reset and go through their physical, their mental routine again. I think A.B. de Villiers spoke about almost like a telephone box, kind of walking in and out of that telephone box and then being able to focus his thoughts when he need to. So... Something like that. What, what about you, Berkey? Is there is there anything that you ask your players to do? Um, I've had I've had various conversations around what you guys have just spoken there. I love I love your analogy of sort of that that phone box or that area to kind of step out of your office almost, um, particularly from a batting point of view, because you often don't have that because you've got the the players and everyone around you. A bowler can you know walk back to his mark and and have a bit of you know I suppose a bit of an opportunity to refresh, but. Yeah, similar sort of conversations that, that you guys are saying there. I think one thing that, in, in summary of kind of what we've just said there, I reckon your checklist and your routines allow you to remain consistent, both mentally and physically. And, and that's probably a little bit of just, just what I've taken from you two today. And I suppose my message to 
young athletes um, would be around that is have clear routines which will help you with your cues. And I just think that will give you a lot more consistency in what you do. And with that, it took me 15 years, I reckon, in many respects before those that those routines just became second nature. It was it was a it was a real battle. And and some days I would get it better than others. So trying to be patient around that probably my my you know my warning to, to players it's it's not going to be something that you're just going to be able to perfect and, and don't worry if you, you can or not because everyone's going through the same thing at the end of the day bucky you're a hundred not out and not too many blokes <laughs> can say that is that going to come up in every podcast bucky i'm i'm that's my aim <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome boys well we've set ourselves a time limit we can cat we could talk about this all day but we need to wrap up what are our final thoughts on this topic lads just with me i i reckon as a as a as a batsman, just have a bit of fun. Next time you're in the nets, imagine you're, you're Matt Hayden batting and you're, you're calling your shots as you're playing against the bowler. I just, A, you'll, you'll piss the bowler off, but um, it could be a little bit of fun. But also, it'll actually just help you focus on on the contest um, and, and what you're trying to do. So I, I reckon that's a just a... You may not want to do that all the time or in a game, but uh, maybe in the nets, just see what, what happens when you when you focus on, on nominating the shot. Yeah, I think that's good advice. My, my, my bit of advice would be try a few different things, but also don't overthink it. Let it come organically. Let it come naturally. But it will certainly improve your game and it will help you be a lot more consistent. Yeah, and your, your sort of advice there, Buck, of, of nominating your shots made me think about doing that in a game. And it made me think that that's obviously a really external focus. You're thinking about where you're going to hit the ball, where the cover drive, and you're sort of thinking about hitting it in that gap. And that sort of it brings me to the story of Steve Smith sending me a message recently on, on Instagram after the... I'll just pick up that name. <laughs> I've got of, something uh, to confess. I've got something to confess about Steve Smith, but you finish your story. Yeah, uh, yes, Steve Buck, obviously you played with him. You were a mentor to him for a while, but Steve and I are becoming quite good friends. And... He uh, he sent me a message saying, (laughs) "Thanks, boys." He sent me a message saying about when I asked Josh where he's trying to hit the ball, and he said, "Surely the answer to this is wherever the fielder isn't." And I think that's a really good example of an external cue not getting too caught up. And it goes back to your point about the baseballers, Buck, about not the experts. They're just trying to hit the ball in the gap. They're not trying to. They're not too focused on where their right shoulder is or where their wrist is or what's going on. They're just focusing externally on where the gap is and that's where they're trying to hit the ball. Do you, do you want my Steve Smith confession? Do we have enough time? Go on then, Berkey. <laughs> <laughs> so because you guys always talk about Steve Smith um, on every podcast that we talk about, <laughs> I feel a little bit left out. So the last couple of weeks, I keep adding him on Instagram, but then I, I wait a day and then I unadd him and then I add him again because... I keep thinking that he'll see my name pop up and go, who, you know, who is this bloke? And see that I'm friends with you guys. And then hopefully he'll, <laughs> he'll follow me and then I can join in these conversations. <laughs> How are you going with that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's 20 days now and he hasn't followed me back. <laughs> uh, hold your breath, I'd say, Berkey. Yeah, so if you're listening, listening, Steve, it's Berkey underscore 99. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Actually, it's Berkey C underscore 99. Well, that's a good good moment for us to wrap up, guys. Thank you, boys. A very good chat, as always. Loved it, boys. Great talking. Thanks, girls. Thanks, Bucky. Cheers, boys. Go the pies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm obviously only joking about that on Instagram. I just thought it'd be funny.
But <laughs> <laughs> are you? Okay. No, no. no. <laughs> well, legends, cricket is a contest. A contest between the batter and the bowler. A contest between the bat and the ball. And this conversation was to try and give you an insight into how you can give yourself the best chance to win the contest over and over again. If you can do that, then providing your technical fundamentals are sound, you're giving yourself a pretty good chance of the ultimate goal of any cricketer, to score runs or to take wickets. To win the contest, you have to have your mind and thoughts in a place that allows you to let your body execute the skill that you've trained so much, do what it's capable of doing. While having your mind in the right place is one of the biggest challenges all sports people face, as we discuss in this episode, these skills can be trained. Your mind is a muscle and the more you flex it or work it, the stronger or better it becomes. So you need to set up your environment to allow you to practice your mental skills and Buck and I both shared practical examples of how you can do that. As I said after our last episode, we could have spoken for a lot longer on this topic, but we didn't want to overload you with information and instead give you a few ideas and examples of how you can implement this into your own game. Here's the five key things that I took out of this conversation. Watching the ball is not a simple thing. As Buck said, your pupils are always on the ball. What watching the ball really means is about having your mind and thoughts in the present moment so that you can react instead of letting your thoughts go elsewhere, which distracts you and then leads to mistakes. Two, the goal of a batter is to get their internal cues or physical checklists, hands, head, feet, etc., sorted, then start to focus on something external, watch the ball, win this ball, as the bowler is getting closer to releasing the ball. As Buck said, it's about narrowing your thoughts so that you can focus on exactly what you need to. See the ball, make a decision, and move and hit the ball or leave it in a very short period of time. Three, research suggests that experts are less aware of the exact positions their body is in and are more aware of where the ball is and the outcome that they're striving for. In batting, that's hitting the ball into a gap instead of thinking about the position you're in. And in bowling, that's landing at exactly where you want to land it rather than thinking about your action which a lot of players get caught up on. Four, I loved hearing Buck tell the story of how Matthew Hayden would call out what shot he was playing. While this might seem arrogant to the outside, it was probably an awesome way to focus your thoughts on something external rather than internal. And five, as Berkey pointed out, having clear routines are incredibly helpful to being consistent. However, finding a routine that works for you won't happen overnight. It's like any skill that you have to work on and develop, so be patient with it. What are the main things you took out of this episode? It's great if you're learning something from these conversations that we're having, but we really hope that you're finding ways to implement those lessons into your game and life. After all, it's the action that matters, not the knowledge of what to do. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd absolutely love it if you can share it with some friends or teammates or whoever you think might also enjoy it. Share it in a WhatsApp group, on Facebook, your Instagram story, or just send someone the link. We want this podcast to give as much value as it can, so we'd love to hear your feedback. What did you find interesting or learn from this show? We also want to hear what topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. So send me a message via the Cricket Mentoring social media channels and we'll start shouting out the people who suggested the topics we're discussing. We look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Until then, stay safe, work hard, and always try to learn and be better than you were yesterday. And most importantly, smile and enjoy the process. Shop boy! Talk soon, legends.